Hello and welcome to the City Collective podcast. This is the place where you can hear the latest sermon from our Sunday services and follow-up conversations around teachings within our church. Today we're going to be expanding on the topic of Lent. My name is Sophie and I am joined today by Pastor Jason. conversation we're going to be talking about both of our individual histories with the practice if we've practiced it before and what our individual experiences have been we're going to be touching on what lent actually is as well as some of the historical background we're going to be touching on the biblical context uh, why do we actually do lent what does the bible have to say about it uh, and the, the hope that we have for lent as a church as city collective as a community both corporately and individually And we'll hopefully leave you guys with some different ideas to consider and some different questions that we can ask ourselves as we enter into this practice. So as we get into this conversation today, I wanted to open with a quote. Uh, This was definitely an impactful one for me as I, um, yeah, as I look to participate in Lent for the first time. This was definitely something that helped shift my perspective on what this practice actually is. And it says, without first acknowledging our mortality, we would never seek eternal life. Without first acknowledging our sinfulness, we would never seek a savior. So the beginning of Lent is this week and Ash Wednesday falling on February 14th is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. There's some irony to Ash Wednesday following, falling on February 14th. I can't remember. Uh, Maybe I hadn't been practicing Lent at the time, but Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday, Probably not the two things that you would probably nope. put together on a, <laughs> on a regular basis, but uh, we had in our staff chat, Jordan send a, a little meme that I think spoke really perfectly mm-hmm. that you can't have val- uh, you can't have Valentine's without Lent, and I think that's a really <laughs> uh, apt experience for us <laughs> this year. But I think I think Lent is is a really fascinating time to engage as a follower of Jesus, Um, especially I think in the Western world. I know I didn't particularly grow up with the period of reflection Mm -hmm. or even just an awareness of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't something my family did or Mm -hmm. even my my church tradition didn't really have that be a a normal piece. Mm -hmm. And you were saying for yourself, Sophie, that Mm -hmm. this is probably going to be the first time that you really engage in it. Ever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and so I... Um, kind of similar to Advent, I virtually knew nothing about Lent before prepping for this podcast. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, I've learned a lot already, but I'm excited to kind of have a sounding board and and bounce some ideas back and forth. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I had, I think as a kid, I heard about people doing this practice. I never did it in my church, never did it in my family. Um, I think I had a few ideas and probably what I realize now are misconceptions about what what Lent actually was. Mm. Um, I think from my understanding, Lent was a period of time in the weeks leading up to Easter where people had to pick something to fast from, and that was it. I didn't know why people were doing this. I didn't know why this time of year was prominent for the Christian calendar, Um, but from what I was told, or I guess understood, um, people were fasting with the intention of somehow replicating the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross Mm. and while he walked on earth and in the time leading up to his crucifixion. And so as a kid, 
I was very, very confused. I was right. like, okay, so you're telling me that the gospel is one of joy and good news and Jesus died on the cross for me so that I don't have to suffer for the weight of my sin. And now you're except telling me- Except for these me, 40 days. Exa- suffer, exactly. Except for, for 40 days, <laughs> we're just going to replicate and manufacture the sense of suffering for Jesus. I felt like something I had to do for him. Um, and so, yeah, I, there was no celebration or joy and there was definitely no emphasis on relationship. Um so yeah, I think it definitely sparked the question in my mind just even the last couple of weeks of, you know, what if abstaining from something, what if self-denial and, and fasting isn't actually about me? Mm-hmm. What if it's about something, what if it's about Jesus? Like yeah. that was just, it's, it sounds so simple, but for me not understanding it lent fully before and now coming into it for the first time, that was something I had to ask myself. What if fasting and self-denial isn't about me? It's about mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, and what if he doesn't need anything from me, but he des- desires relationship? And um, we're told that picking up our cross, we have to pick up our cross daily. And what if that is because Jesus knows that there is joy on the other side of mm-hmm. that? It's not just to replicate suffering or to suffer for the sake of it. It's, there's an invitation. There's an invitation to joy and an invitation to Jesus. And that gets me very excited. There's always like a dark side to any kind of practice. Yeah. When it encounters our humanity. Yeah. That we are prone to make it far more religious than it was uh, intended. intended yeah, yeah. Or yeah. designed or, or even we, we have manufactured this practice of Lent and made it seem like it is this 40 days of suffering to we got to feel what Jesus felt in order to fully appreciate what he's gone through and the reality is that we can never do that no no and and that's not the purpose uh like you said Jesus is offering us life yeah not death yeah Uh, simultaneously we are asked to be honest Mm -hmm. and to be truthful I think what religious practice does is it leads us down this path of making us feel like we have to do something in order to receive something. Mm-hmm. Whereas relationship is supposed to take us to this place. I've received something. So now I live from that something. Mm. And that something mm-hmm. is a revelation of who Jesus is. That something is, is life and love in the, in the person of Christ that's meant to compel us to live a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but within Lent, I think it's this beautiful space of, of, of grief and sorrow and reflection and repentance, not for the purposes of wallowing in it or staying in it, but bringing it to Jesus mm-hmm. and knowing that what he takes and he makes something beautiful from ashes. Mm-hmm. And like, acknowledging if there's something, you know, sometimes it is when we, we spend time in self-reflection and self-examination, it can be some, for some people, it's upsetting. Oh, I'm seeing this thing in me right. that's actually hindering my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I'm not supposed, like you said, I'm not supposed to stay there yeah, yeah. and spend time, you know, wallowing in this area that has been keeping me from Jesus. But acknowledging that, examining that and saying, okay, how, how does this lead me? How does this nudge me towards Jesus rather mm-hmm. than being further away? Mm-hmm. And that is a realization that I've come to. That's really, really exciting to me. Yeah. Acknowledging sin yep. is not supposed to separate me further That's right. with um, guilt and shame. Like there should be no space for guilt and shame within this practice. It's yeah. supposed to be nudging us closer to Jesus, which um, I think is the biggest, the biggest perspective shift I had too. So that's, that's really beautiful. In our, in our separation from God, Sometimes we're aware of the separation, but it's hard to see what's separating us. Right, 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 right. And so to, to see sin as this thing that's separating us from relationship with, with God and 
hear that invitation. I want to be near to you. I want, I want you to draw near to me. Mm-hmm. To do so then is to say, okay, this is what's stopping me. Mm-hmm. This is what's preventing me. This is what I need to let go of. This is what I need to repent for yeah. and understand it's not something that is actually like going to take an amazing prayer or right. a perfect worship service. It is simply going to be a surrender of what, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And then to walk close and the shift to yeah. come close. Yeah. Uh, if you are looking for a Lent devotional or you're hoping to jump into one in our city collective journal, starting on page one Oh four, we have uh, daily prompts for you to consider uh, on your Lenten journey mm. as we approach Easter. And one of the thoughts within it, and this is from our, our very own Rebecca David that uh, wrote this week one for us. She reminds us that before we can jump ahead to the celebration of Easter, we must wrestle with our humanity and sin. And I think it's, it's a beautiful mindset to hold that, yes, joy is coming. Uh, but we want to experience that joy fully. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the thing that separates us from being able to do that is our inability to actually pay attention to what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you use some great language, self-denial, mm. uh, repentance, uh, picking up our cross. Mm-hmm. These are all language items and, and mm-hmm. pictures that we're, we're meant to consider in, in Lent. For myself, uh, I'm like highly optimistic. Right. Extreme optimism. It's not just, I've, I've, I've said this before, it's not just the glass is half full, the glass is always overflowing. And I think this is a gift that I have been given that I can... I see the world in this way. Yes. Sometimes it can make my wife frustrated because she's like, you're far too optimistic. <laughs> uh, because she, she, the glass is not always overflowing. Your joy is annoying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's too yeah. much going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> clearly something bad is happening. I know, but it's, it's not that bad. But that, that, that's sometimes how a conversation can go. Sure. But when it comes to Lent, so Lent feels a little bit opposite of my natural personality or preference of, right. of how I perceive things going on around me. So it really doesn't require intentional practice. Mm-hmm. And I think the practice of Lent is really important because it creates framework and structure so that your personality preference isn't the lean. Because yeah. even for myself, in my optimism, I could just blitz through it and not really have any sense of real reflection or repentance. Or let's say that you are highly reflective naturally. Uh, what the danger of it is that you just stay in the posture of Lent forever and you never get to Easter. That's interesting because I think you're saying you're so optimistic and so the practice of Lent kind of feels a little bit antithetical to your natural it way of feel being. Like that. Yes, it can and feel so like that. for me, I think I grew up not just in a very reflective household or I'm a very reflective person, but also in a reflective church. Mm-hmm. So I think the practice of Lent, um, as I'm learning more about it and I'm learning how much of it is an invitation to Jesus and an invitation to joy, mm-hmm. I'm seeing, I am seeing the joyful side of it more than the reflective yeah. side of it. Yeah, I am yeah. just seeing a different perspective. I have a different perspective on it now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't have to stay in, like you were saying, in the state of Lent forever that is not what we're called to do we're called to jesus and we're called to joy and that is what's exciting for me and so it's just interesting how different you're saying different personalities will encounter it in different ways and how god i think god honors that and he wants to meet every single person exactly exactly where they're at no matter what their perspective on it is going for going into it i guess so yeah i think so and like imagery within the bible Mm. 
Lent as a practice is not a prompt within scripture. There's right. not suddenly like it says, okay, before Easter, now you celebrate Lent. It, it, there's not like a formal prompt of, of such. This is a Christian practice that has been oriented based upon what we believe is an invitation of scripture, right. of repentance, of reflection, right. of discovering where there's that separation so that when we come to the place of Easter, there's a full joyful response of the resurrection mm-hmm. that takes place. Mm-hmm. But there is practices that are similar hmm. within the Bible. Yep. Uh, there's a constant invitation within Jewish culture, even within the New Testament, of, of ashes and sackcloth. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of thing. Uh, you need to, to have this full-bodied response mm-hmm. and engagement in mm-hmm. order to really lean into this place of repentance mm-hmm. and reflection, which is Lent in our in our framework or in right. our language. Right. And so it's important to realize that's maybe not a scriptural Command. mandate. Sure. But it is a uh, adopted practice. Mm-hmm within Christian traditions globally Mm -hmm. and something that we get to take part in communally. Mm -hmm. And that is also a piece that sometimes gets lost, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting for sure. Not just an individualist expression. So, uh, Sophie, maybe you can tell us a little bit about Lent itself. uh, Sure. Some of the historical background and history with the tradition. Sure. Yeah. So just going into it, Lent is a tradition, like we're talking about, that originated in the early church. Uh, It's a 40-day period of, like you're saying, fasting, self-examination, reflection, repentance uh, in the days leading up to Easter. So like we were saying, this year it starts on February 14th, which is Ash Wednesday, and this begins the um, six weeks leading up to Easter and then the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. Um, Yeah, and just thinking about some of the biblical context, it was originally meant to replicate the 40 days Jesus spent fasting in the wilderness. Um, yeah, and uh, celebrating, or I guess acknowledging the um, the days and the years of his life leading up to his death and resurrection. So this is something I found really interesting. In the fourth century, when this tradition began, it was also a time for new believers to be discipled and grow in their relationship with Jesus before being baptized on Easter. That's great. Um, and that's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. what, what if we, what if we adopted more of that mindset that's towards great. lens? It's not yeah, all yeah. Um, doom and gloom, but it's a time that's to right. be discipled and grow in our relationship with Jesus, um, so that we can get to Easter, like you were saying, and celebrate fully with a more, like you know, solidified understanding of of the resurrection. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. So today in our current ch- church culture and calendar, it is often referred to as a time to be patient, to meditate, and to reflect on the ways that we may have become dependent on things other than God, uh, and a preparation for the heart to be able to, I guess, attempt to grasp and fully celebrate the reality of the resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think even just coming out of our truly human series, a time that we've spent looking at our identity in Christ, um, mm-hmm. who we are as human beings, this is a time that truly allows us to recognize who we are yeah. um, and who we are in relation to God um, yeah. and who God is in relation to us. And it forces us ultimately to look to God for these answers. So uh, yeah, some different tools and spiritual practices just on a practical level. Um, yeah, fasting, like we were talking about f- from food or abstaining from something else that maybe has become um, yeah, we become dependent on in, in another way, prayer, self-examination, silence and solitude and meditation on scripture. Uh, but like we were saying, it is not a time of fasting and abstaining just for the sake of it. Um, it is an invitation to, to acknowledge things that maybe are hindering us from being closer to the Lord and ultimately an invitation back to, to intimacy and relationship with him. So that's a bit of an overview on 
yeah, what Lent actually is, some of the background. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's not something to be diminished. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not something to become uh, r- religious in its practice to mm-hmm. to hold us down or make us feel lesser than. Like you said, Lent is an invitation to Jesus, mm-hmm. and that posture of I need to open up my heart fully. Mm-hmm. We talk about it so often, like relationship is like a requirement of relationship is vulnerability and intimacy. Mm-hmm. And then we have moments. I know I experienced this where I get frustrated with maybe God's response or God's nearness in a moment or maybe what I feel like God should be doing or speaking in a situation. And then I have to ask myself, has my intimacy and vulnerability and openness to the spirit really been there right or has it been a machination of my my imagination that makes me think that i've done abc therefore he should be good for the next year um and then a year later i have to look back and be like oh well i I have to improve on that or i have to get i have to actually re-engage myself um and like we talked about that posture of i'm not simply repenting or needing to shift things for the sake of doing it but because i believe Mm-hmm. My relationship with Christ is is worth it. It's worth going down that road. It's part of like it's part of our discipleship. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's even something worth talking about. That discipleship. Well, just like the yeah. repent uh, repentance yeah. in discipleship. Yeah. Uh, I think discipleship naturally comes like with this thought process mm-hmm. of uh, I'm going to read the Bible, mm-hmm. going to get better at prayer, going to learn about Christianity, mm-hmm. what it's like to follow Jesus. Maybe repentance is something that needs to make its way into our framework of discipleship a little more. And bec- mm-hmm. and even just understanding that repentance is this this picture of I'm going one way and I'm now changing my direction. Sure. Not seeing that like, I'm an awful person and mm-hmm. I need to change. It's seeing that, oh, I'm walking a path to destruction mm-hmm. and Jesus is leading me to a path of life. Let's walk that path instead. Mm-hmm. And that's like a grand idea of discipleship, mm-hmm. but repentance is part of it, isn't it? And we have to be doing that, um, all of the time. There yeah. are so many times where I'm like, okay, Lord, we're walking down this path. You know, this is what I think it's going to look like. This is the path that I want mm-hmm. for myself. And maybe it is the right path for me, but there's something causing me to trip up and I have to say, okay, Lord, this is what's going on. And then we have to shift a little bit and go a different direction. It's happening all of the time. Um, and and he's so gracious. He doesn't, um, sometimes that just happens without me repenting. He said, no, 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 we're actually going to go a different direction. But this is, um, yeah, another reminder that he wants all of us. And so he's not interested in, in a fragmented version of me. He's, or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, yeah, he wants all of me to belong to him. And so I think a part of that, my whole self belonging to him is acknowledging again and again, I'm going to shift back to you and we're going to go a different direction. Yeah. I'm going to go a different direction than, what, than the direction I was going by myself. And we're going to go, you know, I'm going to shift back to you so that, yeah. Yeah. There's like this physiological understanding of how we adopt things yeah, and habits and practices and skills that uh, everyone has different numbers, but let's say like, there's one idea is like it takes 10,000 hours right. to really become a master of something. Yeah. Uh, it's almost the same posture for us as a disciple. When you, when you receive Jesus, you make that declaration of faith. You almost have this hope that like everything's going to change, mm-hmm. but it's this daily return to, Oh, I needed this reminder of I'm walking one way and I need to walk another. Yeah. Or my heart is pulled this way and 
long um jesus longs for me to come back to him yeah and it's this daily return in many ways lent and even just 40 days of doing it Mm -hmm. you're you're setting this consistent practice of i'm returning to the one who my heart longs for Mm -hmm. and whose heart longs for me i'm returning to that space over and over and over again so that when that moment of Easter comes, that revelation of resurrection happens, maybe it's more than a good moment. Mm. Maybe it's just this, this continuation of practice and revelation that suddenly it holds my heart. I really experience the full transformation of it and it leads me forward. I, mm. I think that I think that God invites us into practices and moments like Lent, not simply because they're good ideas, but because he knows us. Mm-hmm. He's, he's designed us. He's our creator. Mm-hmm. So in a space like 40 days of intentionally abstaining from something or committing to something, whatever your practice mm-hmm. in Lent mm-hmm. is, it's actually doing something in your very being, in the hardwiring of your brain, in the practice of your body, all of it. Like we're holistic beings. Mm-hmm. And so... It's more than just the spiritual. The spiritual is most definitely taking place. But we're all we're all beings who experience the world in all of our different senses. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think I it just made me think of, you know, reading and listening to stuff about Lent in the past couple of weeks. Um, just learning about it as a practice, why we do it, what's God's heart for us as we practice this together. Just hearing someone say, well, we can't fully understand. Like often we don't show up to life Mm. with a full understanding of the good news Mm. living inside us all the time. And so, you know, what if 40 days is a, you know, a concentrated time, like you were saying, just, yeah, 40 days of constant shifting back to the Lord. And I even think of, okay, at the end of this, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. This is what the gospel is. This is what, this is what we get to celebrate. And what if these 40 days is, you know, being discipled and, um, it allows me to show up on Sunday morning to celebrate the resurrection of Christ as a more, with a more holistic understanding of the good news and what we're actually celebrating. Yeah. Like that is what makes me excited looking forward. Like that's what I kind of want to lean into over 40 days of like, I get to show up Mm -hmm. in 40 days with a better understanding of who Jesus is to me Yeah, and what we're celebrating. And that's a joyful thing. Yes. That, it, it, that it requires so hard stuff. Yeah. It requ- it, all of the Christian walk requires right. a lot of hard stuff, but that's a joyful, beautiful thing to get mm-hmm. to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what God wants for us. And yeah. like throughout this process, that is what God wants for us, not to be just spending all of our time thinking about the ways that have got the things that have gotten in the way of our relationship, but that's to right. acknowledge them and say, but this is what I want for you. That's right. And now we get to celebrate it together. Yeah. And that's really cool. So, so it's it's for you, it's for me, it's for anyone that's engaging in this practice of Lent, yeah. the season of Lent together, that uh, perspective really matters about mm-hmm. how we engage in it. It's not self-flagellation for the sake of it, of of just like making ourselves feel awful. It's not none of those things. This is recognizing that uh, Henry Nouwen, I, I, he, he's got this beautiful ad, oh, sorry, Lent 
devotion. Mm. And he says in it that the body is not a prison to escape from, but a temple in which God already dwells Mm -hmm. and in which God's glory will be fully manifested on the day of the resurrection. So this is a commitment of our whole body. And it's not to make ourselves somehow get away from it by ridding ourselves of all the evil around it. It's recognizing this is God's temple. Mm -hmm. My very being, body, soul, mind, all all of myself, God wants all of it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we're doing in Lent. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the repentance piece. That's soul searching. That's spending time. Mm. And there's some beautiful biblical context around Mm. why we why we lent Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean the big one like i touched on before um this practice i guess originated in the idea that jesus was led into the wilderness by the spirit and he fasted for 40 days and so i guess i'll just read i'm going to read this um part from matthew matthew 4 verses 1 to 4 it says then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from from the mouth of God. And um, I also, you know, on a personal level, thinking about this practice of Lent, I love Psalms um, 139 verses 23 to 24. And they say, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I just, I really love um, the imagery Mm -hmm. of Jesus being led into the wilderness by the spirit and that kind of the question of where might the Holy Spirit be leading me into. It's beautiful. You know, we think of wilderness um, that can be, you know, usually it's not this lush, beautiful image that comes to mind. It's the wilderness. It's scary. It's intimidating. But Jesus met the Lord there. Yeah, Jesus is being led away from the masses. Exactly. To be in relationship with mm-hmm. the Father. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. I think the Spirit is inviting us in spaces like that mm-hmm. to experience intimacy and communion and uh, for some, maybe a reestablishing mm. of, of real covenant with God. Mm-hmm. Real relationship of meaning and of attentionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at Lent and the 40 days. I think we talked about it last podcast briefly, the idea of numerology. Mm. And 40 days days. is certainly a number that shows up frequently within Mm -hmm. the biblical narrative, whether it's knowing the ark, people of Israel in the desert, and then of course Jesus fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, All different pieces that are tying together this idea of dependence on God. Mm -hmm returning to him, having Mm -hmm. our focus on him over and over and over again. And ultimately, uh, we have to be engaging with Lent with with an open mind and an invitation to the Spirit. We we use that language on a Sunday morning, right? Mm. Sometimes corporately it can happen easily, but I wonder if we're making that invitation daily. Come Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, There's like so much out there now about like morning affirmations yeah yeah speak kindly to yourself in the morning look in the mirror tell yourself how great you are um yeah for sure i like i want my daughter to have all the confidence in the world and i want her to like she she's so funny that when she does something right because she's heard us say it so many times 
uh, she'll be like, good job, Mia. Nice. She'll say, yeah. she'll say to herself, I'm like, you go girl, you get that confidence, go for it. But, but it's, it's, it's sometimes it's like, how are we starting our day? How do we speak to ourselves? How are we actually doing that more than just like engaging in a habit? The words out of our mouth matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the things that we say, the way we are, the way that we actually engage our mind really matters. So like you said, like uh, how are we asking the Holy Spirit? Maybe one thing all of us as a church are doing individually that would impact our experience corporately is simply having that morning prompt every day of Lent. Come Holy Spirit. Mm. May your kindness towards me lead me to repentance. And just spending time, yeah, inviting the Holy Spirit, but also spending time in the word and in the truths that we know about the Mm -hmm. Lord. Jesus was able to withstand the devil because of his knowledge of the word and the truth about the Lord. It's, and we've, we've been saying it again and again, but we could say it even again. Mm -hmm. It is not about abstaining for the sake of abstaining. If Mm -hmm. we are just focusing on what we're not doing rather than what we are doing and replacing it with, I think we're going to get bogged down and lost really, Mm -hmm. really easily. Mm -hmm. And I, I am so guilty of, I'm going to cut out this and I'm going to cut out that. I'm going to cut out this. And then I'm not being intentional with what I'm doing with that empty space and empty time mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. my life. Yep. And that allows other stuff to come in if I'm not being intentional with what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. So if we're just focusing on um, cutting stuff out and not spending that time with the Lord, the fasting is not going to hold any purpose. One of the coolest things that was brought to my attention when Lent became more of a regular part of my year was the paradoxical nature of fasting and feasting. Right. Yeah. I'm, I might be fasting from that, which I need to slowly do less of or mm-hmm. release from. And maybe it's just a complete abstaining from food. If however you're engaging in Lent, but it's, there has to be something that fills the space. Mm-hmm. that is life-giving and good, mm-hmm. that I'm actually feasting on the presence of God, mm-hmm. feasting on the nearness of the Spirit to me. I'm feasting on the scriptures that are full of promise and life. I'm feasting mm-hmm. on community that we can celebrate and give thanks together. And it's all the things that our soul longs for that we're intentionally creating space for. Mm-hmm. So fasting and feasting are two sides of the same coin that is that is Lent. Mm-hmm. When you commit to a, some form of fasting, you are committing to some form of feasting. Mm, that's good. So yeah. in your decision for Lent, if you're saying, okay, I'm going to abstain from food in my lunch hour uh, every, every day of Lent, then what are you doing to right. feast on the presence of God in that time? Right. Are you reading through the gospel of Luke, leading yourself to the cross with Jesus? Are you committing yourself to pray for different people every day? Maybe someone by name every mm-hmm. single day that you're just, you're coming with an open heart before God. Maybe you're praying for us as a church on, on a daily basis. And you're saying you, your heart longs for something to take place in our community and you're advocating whatever it is, where you choose to fast is where you choose to feast. Uh, and make, make an intentional practice of that in order for this to be a healthy experience through a season of Lent. Hmm. That's good.
finally, I think that Lent should be a, a time of generosity and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And when we die to ourselves, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, again, it leads, that, leads us to that place of, okay, uh, I need to feel bad about myself. And then I'm really like diminishing myself. It's like mm-hmm. false humility totally. that, that pops up pretty quickly. But real generosity and real sacrifice is the humility and, and submission that we're called towards and giving to others, giving of ourselves mm-hmm. to others in a way that's generous in the way that Christ is generous to us. And so having that posture in the midst of, of Lent. Mm. So I know that there's some questions that you'd kind of put forward. Yeah, uh, I mean, these are questions that I've definitely um, heard um, over the years that people ask themselves during Lent, but also some questions that I had um, just as I was personally kind of wrestling with different things about Lent. And so some of them are, is there something I have become reliant on that acts as a hindrance or as a distraction to my relationship with God? Um, sometimes that's f- food. Sometimes the food is just the easiest thing to, um, because we all obviously rely on that. Um, but for some people, it's an activity. It's an object that we need to not be in our space anymore. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a question to consider. Um, how might abstaining from something food, earthly things, conveniences, et cetera, um, push me towards Jesus rather than making us focus, rather than making me focus even more on myself. Um, and that was, that was probably the biggest question that Mm. was from a personal space. How can I, what can I do? Like we were talking about filling that space of the thing that we have removed. Um, how can taking something away nudge me closer rather than separate me further? Mm. Mm. Um, have you had any thoughts in preparation lens right around the corner? Yeah. I mean, I think for different reasons, food might not be the sure. one for me. Sure. Um, yeah. For different personal reasons, but I think, um, yeah, media consumption yeah. is definitely a thing that can, um, inf- I'm very, you know, highly influenced by different opinions, different, um, this, that, and then, I think spending that time with Jesus, mm-hmm. allowing him to shape my perspectives, yeah. allowing him yeah. to shape my opinions, not outside um, resources like media consumption um, is definitely something that I've been considering. But yeah, again, that's going to be like we were saying a daily question that I'm going to have to ask myself. Yeah. This is not just about muscling through and saying, I didn't do this thing for 40 days. It's yeah. about, Oh, I'm celebrating that I grew closer to Jesus in 40 days. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be an ongoing question that I ask myself. Okay, how is this? Maybe I'm cranky. I can't look at this thing. What am I going to do yeah. to get closer to Jesus? Because Jesus wants to meet me in that. No matter what I'm abstaining right, from, right. he wants yeah. to meet me in that. It doesn't yeah. matter if I'm abstaining from food, from my phone, from whatever it is. He wants to meet me in that. Um, but again, an ongoing question of... I want to get closer to Jesus, not further from him by being cranky about this thing I have to give up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, th- th- there's supposed to be this, yeah, it is joy on the other side. Yeah. And it's, it's supposed to have these moments that are self-denial and self-denial is yeah. not easy. Sure. Self-denial is hard and nobody really wants to do it initially. It's like you build a habit, you get used to it, you start to actually realize that there's beautiful fruit on the other side of it. You have feasting moments where you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, God's presence is so much greater, so much more than I could have ever hoped for or imagined. And so to to have that mentality, it's great, Sophie. And Mm -hmm. 
I think that if we can have that as a church, I'm, I'm just so curious for us as a community that mm-hmm. so many people in our church are so new uh, to doing life together. Yeah. Coming from different backgrounds, different either religious experiences or Christian backgrounds or traditions. And everyone's kind of coming with their own different mindsets and different places mm-hmm. of, of faith. And it's easy to be like, well, we need to get everybody on the same page right. on every little detail. If we can just start from the simple place of if everybody can come to a gathering on a Sunday or wherever, having spent time with Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm so convinced that amazing life and fruit will come out of it. I think we'll see we'll see breakthroughs in our spaces of gathering of just experiencing Mm -hmm. how near God's presence is to us. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we forget God longs to be with us far more than we long to be with Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. 40 days is nothing for for Jesus to be like, I'm I'm here all the time. Yeah. I'm fully committed to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You might be uh, fasting and feasting in these moments. And he's like, I want to feast on our relationship at all times. Like, I've I've got a table set before you. Mm-hmm. Come and partake. Like that's the image of 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 revelation. Mm-hmm. This beautiful table for all of us to come to and receive. And maybe p- repentance is just finally realizing oh that table's there it's set for me. I should probably start I just have to walk a different direction to to, to get, get to there. it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm curious do you have any um because I'm unfamiliar with the ways that City Collective has engaged with this in the past as yeah. a church, just on a practical level. Are there other things that you have been considering or other things that you've been thinking about that City Collective could be doing or engaging in Lent as a community? Are there visions that you have for this 40-day period for us as a church? Yeah, so resources like the journal are great mm-hmm. for people to individually be considering the season of Lent and going day by day whether it's the prompts, it's scripture readings, there's some songs in there, all great. Uh, We are really excited about what God is doing in our community groups right now. If you're not part Mm -hmm. of one, I think it's a great way to get connected to the church. In the community groups, we would love to see some accountability Mm -hmm. and some commitment together during the season. Uh, not everyone has to do the same thing or you have to hold, have a board with a star each week that I got mm-hmm. through it, but it's a sense of, oh, I know these people are, are thinking about me. They're praying for me. And we're you're talking about, okay, what, what was maybe God sharing with me this week? I'm really curious about what that would look like within our community groups to start mm-hmm. to do that really uh, actively in this mm-hmm. upcoming Lent season. And then we'll have some moments throughout the 40 days for us to gather together midweek and just be spending time in prayer mm-hmm. over one another and believing for what God has in store for us. Nice. So hope the, the hope is it's meaningful individually mm-hmm. as well as corporately and all with the focus of drawing closer to Jesus mm-hmm. and preparing our hearts and our minds to fully receive that good news that he's come, that he's defeated death, and he invites us into new life. And it doesn't have to wait for us to get everything right to experience it. But we mm. we can experience it right now. And I think this, this Lenten season is going to be really amazing. And we get to celebrate the overflow of that on Easter Sunday. That's right. 
very exciting. That's right. So um, I guess as we close out our time together, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a prayer from the real one, Henry Nouwen himself. We're just gonna allow Henry Nouwen to take us out. Okay. Please, Lord, be with me at every moment and in every place. Give me the strength and the courage to live this season faithfully, so that when Easter comes, I will be able to taste with joy the new life that you have prepared for me. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to our conversation today on Lent. You can follow along with us in our journal using the devotionals and prompts that we have there for you starting on page 104 until Easter. Uh, Within the show notes, you'll find some of the questions and reflections that we mentioned throughout the podcast. And if you have any questions about Lent or about anything else, please feel free to contact us at hello at citycollective.com or you can visit us at the City Collective website.